Hello, and welcome to the Wardcliffe Academy. My name is Landon. I am the writer, director, and producer on this project. Now, I'm sure you're wondering what this is. It's probably recommended to you by a friend, in which case, thank you for listening. This is an audio drama, meaning that everything you need to hear, see, or understand is going to be portrayed to you via the music, the words that are spoken, and the sounds that you hear. Now, now's going to be a good time to plug our socials. We are at Wardcliffe Live on Twitter and Instagram, and our YouTube channel will be linked in the podcast description below. I hope you enjoy. Episode 1. Initiation. Thomas stared at the letter in his hand. Application? What application? I, I never even applied to this school. He flipped it over, looking for something that said, This is a prank. Nope. Nothing there. Maybe the envelope? He looked inside the manila envelope, and again saw nothing. He couldn't make sense of what he was looking at. He reread the letter. Dear Mr. Kane, I am pleased to inform you that your application for immediate transference has been favorably reviewed by the council. We have recommended to your current high school that you are to be admitted on full graduation standing to the Wardcliffe Academy. The final decision on admission has already been made. All necessary documents have been received by the Offices of Graduate Admissions, and your family have been notified. You will shortly meet your assigned liaison. They will bring you to Wardcliffe immediately. Should your liaison not arrive... We will contact you. Upon arrival, you will be assessed and placed into a program that suits your abilities. Once in your program, you will study general education in addition to your program of choice. You will live on campus with roughly 3,000 other students with the same prowess, and we hope you will thrive. If you have any questions concerning the admission or any aspect of the graduate program, please do not hesitate to ask them upon arrival. On behalf of our faculty, I congratulate you on your promising academic record. And I hope that you'll be able to join our program. We are very happy that you'll be attending Wardcliffe Academy for the upcoming semester. Sincerely, Margrave, Director of Graduate Studies. Applied? I've never even heard of this school. Immediate transference? What does that even mean? Thomas stared at the letter again, still unsure of what it was supposed to mean. He walked into the kitchen, letter in hand, and dropped it onto the island in the center. His stepmom turned around slightly and looked at the letter. Was that the only thing in the mail? She asked. Thomas shrugged. The only interesting thing, that's for sure. His stepmom turned all the way around and picked up the letter. Interesting how? She looked at it and began slowly shifting her gaze down the page. Thomas wasn't sure, but he thought he saw a hint of recognition in her eyes as she reached the bottom. Do you have any idea what that is? Thomas asked. Beyond an acceptance letter of some sort? She answered, handing him the letter. No. Hmm. Weird. Thomas remarked at both the letter and the realization that his stepmother Stacy was definitely hiding something from him. I wouldn't focus on it too much, she said, turning back towards the stove. You already have letters of interest from Yale, MIT, and Johns Hopkins. You're going to be fine. Thomas nodded, still focused on the letter. Something was off about it. The wording was odd. It stuck with him as he strolled out of the kitchen and into the living room. His dad was sprawled out on the couch, sleeping off whatever he'd been doing last night. Thomas moved over to where his dad was, fighting mounds of trash and the smell of death as he went. 
Six years and you still haven't even attempted to make an effort. Great role model, Dad. Thomas grabbed the television remote off his dad's chest and switched the screen off. Hey, could you turn that back on? I was listening to the weather. His stepmom said, leaning out of the kitchen, spatula in hand. I need to know if it's worth going down the mountain tomorrow. Thomas looked quizzically at her. If it's worth it? T tomorrow's Monday. I, I have school. Look. Stacy sighed. We talked about this. Because you stayed at your old school instead of transferring to the one in town, you have to work around mine and your father's schedules, and I don't want to take Byron Street in the storm tomorrow. Dad doesn't have a schedule when you know it. Thomas snapped back. Don't do this now. I am not nearly drunk enough. His stepmom stepped back into the kitchen. If you want to go down the mountain tomorrow, you either get a ride or you walk. Thomas groaned, then sulked into his room, shutting the door behind him. Stacy King waited until she was sure that her son was out of earshot before diving into the lowest box on the lowest shelf of her house's pantry. The lid marked high school had barely hit the floor before she was on her hands and knees digging through the countless papers hidden underneath the stacks of Polaroid photos. Come on, where is it? Her hands moved faster and faster until they just stopped. Mrs. Kane pulled a tattered manila envelope out of the box and stared at it, the red letters on the front reading like a nightmare. Penumbra. She whispered, a shudder running down her spine. She looked out of the kitchen to where her husband lay, still sleeping. She watched him for a moment before turning back to the envelope. Mrs. Kane peeled back the tape holding the envelope shut and pulled out a letter and a small card with a singular name on it. This isn't good, she breathed. Stacy jumped up from her position on the floor and walked quickly to the stove. She reached behind the top of it, her hands feeling along the edges for something. As she reached the burner, she found what she was looking for, and pressed her pointer finger against it. With a click and a hiss, a section of the kitchen island opened, revealing a hidden cubbyhole. Stacy pulled out a box marked with a faded coat of arms, then closed its hiding place. Stephen? She called into the living room. Get up, now. I already am. Her husband called back. It's our dolly, right? If Thomas is getting letters from Margrave, I wouldn't be surprised. Stacy responded, opening her box and removing bundles of clothes. It would definitely explain the weather. Stephen Kane strode into the kitchen, grabbing the larger of the two bundles. We need to be careful here. She's more powerful the closer she is to the storm's epicenter. And the closer she is, the worse your foresight will be, Stacy said untying the other bundle. I married you. I know how your adaptation works. Stephen just nodded. Then you know it's not going to be an easy fight. She was ranked top of our class for a reason, and her abilities will effectively nullify me. Plus, I'm more than a little hungover. Only your foresight, Stacy responded, slipping on her uniform. You still have your adaptive sight and general enhancement. Plus, you can't get drunk. We'll be fine. Just be ready for more of the load this time. I am. The pair finished slipping into a pair of sleek black suits, each with the same insignia, and a purple stripe on each shoulder. Stephen pulled a set of black-tinted goggles down over his eyes, 
and turned back to his wife. What about Thomas? Leave the note. He'll know what to do. Thomas awoke with a start. The thunder outside his window rattling the empty glass of water on his desk. As he sat up, his computer woke up, illuminating the room with close to an hour's worth of Google searches on Warcliffe Academy. Oh, nothing. He marveled through bleary eyes. How can there be nothing? He took a tentative scroll through the search engine before standing up and moving towards the door. Thomas opened the door and took a step into the hallway. Stretching, he turned toward the living room. He barely took a step before another round of thunder shook the house, rattling both Thomas and the picture frames hung on the wall. <laughs> Stacy was right. School might not be worth it. Thomas took two steps into the living room before stopping cold in his tracks. Something was off. Where's the dirty clothes? The floors were scrubbed clean, leaving no indication that they'd ever been dirty. His eyes snapped to the couch. Empty? There's no way he got over that hangover that quickly. Thomas moved slowly towards the kitchen, his unease growing. Stacy? Are, are you here? He stepped into the kitchen, but his own response was a dial tone from a wall phone hanging by the wall. Thomas's heart started racing. Okay, this is definitely wrong. Stacy hasn't made an effort to clean in ages, and she wouldn't just leave the phone off the hook. What is going on? He moved around the kitchen, looking for anything that could give him a clue. But he saw it. A note stuck to the refrigerator with a dinosaur magnet. It had one word scrawled on it. Thomas whispered it to the now undeniably empty house. Byron. Without wasting a breath, Thomas sprinted to his room and grabbed his phone, shoes, and backpack, then went to his window and threw it open. He began to slip on his shoes when he heard three loud knocks at the front door. He paused listening to the code words Stacy had drilled into his mind. Breathing knocks. That's not Stacy. This is real. Thomas finished putting his shoes on, then slung the pack over his shoulder. He heard three more knocks as he climbed up onto the sill, then three more as he dropped to the ground outside. As he sprinted into the woods, he heard a loud crack. Not thunder, but the sound of his front door was Guess I don't come back home then. Thomas ran full tilt towards the place he and his mother had practiced meeting. Byron Bridge. The wind had picked up and was blowing against him, almost as if the heavens themselves wanted him to be caught. The sky flashed white, igniting Thomas's retinas and burning an image of the forest into his brain. He blinked a few times, then kept on running. The thunderclap arrived a second later, shaking the mountain. It caused him to stumble a little, but he pushed through. As he entered a clearing, he heard a shout to his right, and then the world exploded. The thunderclap launched Thomas head over heels into a rocking log at the edge of the clearing. Thomas slowly opened his eyes to see a dark figure standing over him, eclipsed by a bolt of lightning seemed to be sparking through its hair. Guess Margrave wasn't kidding. The figure spoke with a female voice. 
You shouldn't have survived that. Thomas just groaned, attempting to sit up. Hey, 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 easy. The figure said, her face coming into view. I just hit you with enough energy to charge a car battery. I'd stay down. Thomas didn't listen, instead rolling onto his knees and standing slowly. Okay, you definitely shouldn't be able to do that. The girl stood up with him and started staring into his face. He blinked at the girl, but he wasn't able to make out any sort of features. Where were you headed? The girl started to come into focus. Thomas barely had time to say, Byron, before another lightning bolt blinded him again. Perfect. Let's go. The girl said, hoisting Thomas to his feet. The pair moved into the trees, half hobbling, half stumbling through the undergrowth. Thomas started to regain some of his sight, and was able to start carrying his own weight. He looked to his right, and then almost had a heart attack. The girl was made of shadow, with only two luminescent blue eyes in what should be her face. Thomas was too entranced by the storm running next to him to see the tree in front of him. He slammed into it and blacked out. Stacy and Stephen followed the trail of singed underbrush, doing their best to avoid the heavy moss that coated the forest floor. What are you seeing, Stephen? Stacy said, huddling a set of roots growing out of the ground. Nothing much. Stephen replied. I told you, the closer we get to her, the less I can see. Barometric pressure affects up here the outcome is. And I'm next to useless without the side. Stacy replied, looking at her faintly glowing bombs. I wasn't able to charge up today. We'll be fine. Stephen reassured her. We just need to find her before she reaches Thomas. Before Stacy could respond, a bolt of lightning arced through the forest, bouncing from tree to tree lighting some of them ablaze. The pair stopped dead in their tracks and followed the bolt with their eyes, watching where it was going. She's headed for Byron. Thomas. When he came to, Thomas was nestled in a thick cluster of brush, a blanket draped over him staring at an unnaturally clear sky. He sat up groggily, his head brushing up against the leaves of a low-hanging tree. He started to stand when he heard the voice. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Thomas froze, looking to his left. Sitting on his left was the girl from earlier, but she looked normal. A string of questions raced through his head, but he only managed to get out a half-hearted who are you? I'll explain later, but right now I need you to tell me where Augur and Sunspot are, she stated. Thomas rubbed his temples, trying to get rid of the dull throbbing in the back of his head. Who? The girl sighed and shifted closer to make herself heard. Your guardians, where are they? Byron, Thomas said, standing. And I need to join them. The girl stood and pushed him back down. I'm sorry, but that's not happening. I can't let you go with them. Thomas tried standing again, this time forcefully moving her out of his way. Sorry, but I need to find my family. As he stepped out of the thicket, he heard a quick snap, 
and saw the girl materialize in front of him with a flash and a puff of ozone. He took a step back. What, what just happened? Energy transference. She replied, pushing him back into the thicket. It's part of my adaptation. Uh, an adaption? I'll explain later. She brushed the question aside. Right now, I need you to stay here because I can't get us off this mountain until my strength comes back. By this point, Thomas was returning back to normal and was very aware of the situation he was in. Then, then you have time to answer my questions, he said, sitting down so that he could rest his legs. I just need to stall for long enough for Stacy to realize that I'm not a Byron. Once they do, they'll start searching the woods. I don't think that I'm too far from the bridge, so it shouldn't take more than an hour. Fine, the girl said, taking a seat in front of him. Ask away. Thomas wasted no time enacting his plan. Who are you? What's going on? What do you mean by adaption? Why do you call Stephen and Stacy by those names? And why are you here? The girl sighed. Why do all the late bloomers ask so many questions? Well, to start off, my name is Ardali, and I'm an elemental, meaning that I'm able to siphon energy from a certain element and then use it. My energy comes from the weather, more specifically, storms. My abilities come from my adaptation, a small genetic anomaly that opens the human DNA to all sorts of interesting mutations. Now, as far as what's going on, you're being hunted. Steven and Stacy are like me, meaning that they each have an adaptation of their own. I called them by their operating names because that's what they were known as at the Wardcliffe Academy. Wait, 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 hold, hold on. Thomas interrupted. Wardcliffe Academy? Adali rolled her eyes. Yes, and I'm sure your guardians told you that they're evil or something, right? Thomas shook his head. Actually, no. I only know the name because of this weird letter that I got this morning. Oh. Adali said, her face visibly brightening. You got the letter, so then you do know why I'm here. Um, no. Thomas replied, still confused. I just recognized the name. Did you read the letter? Yes. Does the word liaison ring any bells? Adali said, looking around the woods as she spoke. Yeah, actually. Thomas said. I think it was in the letter. Good. Adali nodded, slowly. So you should have an inkling of what's going on. Thomas wrecked his brain, trying to piece together what he'd heard. No, I'm, I'm still lost. Thunder rolled in the distance, causing Ardali to shift slightly and her eyes to glow a diffused blue. She looked around the woods, shoulders tensing. I'll explain more when we get to the school, but all you need to know right now is that I am your liaison and we need to get off this mountain. Thomas still wasn't able to fully comprehend what was going on, but he didn't have time to think it all through. They're here. Before Thomas could blink, Ardali's eyes sparked to life and dark clouds covered her like a suit of armor. As she stood, small charges of lightning arced across her body, emanating from a deep blue light in her chest. Thomas skittered away from her, suddenly realizing that she wasn't kidding. You, you were, you were actually- Yeah, I wasn't messing with you. Ardali said calmly, walking towards him. Now duck! Look. Thomas shielded his head as a lightning bolt flashed over it and collided into a white beam of fire. The impact released a shockwave that dropped him and the surrounding trees to the ground. 
Thomas's vision went black. He woke up with a tingling feeling in his spine, like someone was inserting needles. He slowly got to his knees, looking around at the destruction. He heard a grunt behind him. Turning around, he saw Adali stand shakily, pushing a tree branch off her chest. Her eyes dimmed slightly, before returning to their full strength. But something was off. Ardali took a few steps, clearly favouring her right side. Thomas watched her as she looked around at the wreckage, locking eyes with something on the other side of the clearing. He followed her gaze to see two figures climbing out from underneath a large pile of debris. Thomas stood slowly, staring at them. Stacy? Dad? What are you doing here? Thomas's dad looked towards him for a second, but Stacy stayed focused on Ardali. Thomas? Ardali said calmly. I know you think that they're the good guys here, but I need you to back up. Thomas turned to her, the confusion in his head turning to rage. And why should I listen to you? He shouted. All you've done is hit me with lightning twice and tell me my life is a lie. But I haven't lied to you. As she spoke, her cloud armor started to reform. The lightning arcing between the clouds. Not like they have. Thomas, she's lying. Stacy said, her voice shaking. Nothing she says is- Stacy, stop. Stephen interrupted her. I've seen three outcomes so far and more on the way. He said stepping in front of her. The only one that won't end up with everyone here dead is the one where we stop lying to him. Thomas watched him in shock. His father rarely spoke in coherent sentences, much less with the intent to be helpful. Son. Stephen turned to face Thomas fully. I know that this isn't going to make much sense to you, but there is a bigger issue here than you know. Before I explain everything, I need you to answer something for me. Can you do that? Thomas nodded as Stephen took a couple of steps. What did Ardali tell you? Stephen asked. Thomas? Ardali started. Stop! Thomas yelled. Stop! I told you I didn't want you to talk. He turned back to his father. She, she said that there was this adaption, or something that allowed her to do all this crazy stuff. She said that you and Stacy had it too, and then called you by these weird names. Augur and Sunspot, Stephen said, his eyes glowing green for a second before returning to their normal brown. She wasn't lying. We used to use those names and we do have adaptations. I'm a mentalist, meaning that my powers come from a mutation in my frontal lobes. I have mild telekinetic abilities and I can see possible futures, hence the name Augur. Stacy is an elemental like Ardali, but not on the same level. She doesn't have a transformative state but has intense pyrokinetic abilities. She gets her powers from the sun, which is why they call her Sun's Pot. Thomas's thoughts swam. The only reason he hadn't been freaking out was predicated on the fact that all of this was an illusion of some sort, or a mental breakdown. He felt sick. His hands started to tremble. So all of this is real? Thomas asked. Stephen looked into his eyes, and started to back up. Yeah. His father said, backing up slowly, motioning for his wife to follow suit. 
the adaptations are very real. You've seen Ardali's abilities firsthand, and you saw what happens when Stacy's ability mixes with hers. Thomas felt as if he was drowning. He felt his chest tighten. Why didn't you tell me? Because we wanted to protect you. Stephen said, continuing to move away from him. We wanted to shield you from all of this because... Stephen? Stacy cautioned. We don't think you have one. His father finished. Thomas just looked at him, the feeling in his chest growing stronger, like something was trying to get out. Stephen glanced down at his chest and turned pale. Ardali saw it and raised her arms, pointing one at Stacy and one at Thomas. Then why tell me at all? Thomas yelled, staring daggers at his father. I don't want to lie to you anymore, Stephen admitted. Oh, oh, so now you suddenly care. Thomas's eyes burned, the pain welling up inside him. Six years of painkillers and hangovers, and you pick now to care? Ardali stepped in, her cloud armor fully formed. Thomas, I know you're upset, but I need you to calm down. Calm down? Thomas turned to her, rage radiating into his arms. You started this by breaking into my house, chasing me through the woods, and then blasting me with lightning. And you're going to try to tell me to calm down? Ardali took a step back, balls of lightning sparking to life in her hands. But something was different this time. Thomas could feel the lightning understanding how it worked, and where it was coming from. Thomas opened his hand, a light ball of his own snapping into being. But it wasn't the same as Ardali's. It's black, Stacy says, her tone overflowing with fear. She stepped back, holding her hands up, the center of her palms glowing white hot. Thomas looked at her, sensing the growing energy in her hands. He saw it, and understood it. He opened his other hand, a glowing black ring appearing for a second, before his hand was engulfed in black flames. Steven! Stacy yelled, now aiming both hands at Thomas. I thought you said he didn't have an adaptation. He never displayed anything before. Stephen began to move backwards at a quicker pace. He must be a late bloomer. Thomas turned and locked eyes with his father. At that instant, Stephen activated his adaptation, and Thomas saw what he saw. Stephen's sight became tinted green, and he slipped into the vision. He watched as Thomas began to scream, causing him to lose control of both Elemental's abilities. A wave of black fire and lightning erupted from his chest, sparking and igniting the surrounding forest. He zoomed out and saw the wave expand from Thomas, across the mountain, and blacking out the entire east coast. The vision faded and he collapsed to the ground. Thomas fell with him, looking up as a black haze cleared from his eyes. Stephen stared at Thomas, in shock. Stephen? Stacy said softly. What's wrong? Facsimile. Stephen replied. A late bloom facsimile. We need to leave now. Now? Stacy questioned, lowering her arms, the glow dimming. Stephen stood quickly, Staggering a bit as he moved towards her. Now. The pair started to run, making it a few feet before being slammed in the back by a wave of dark energy. Stephen hit the ground and saw black. Ardali watched as both her target and her enemy collapsed, 
She glanced at her old friend, trying to understand what was going on. Stacy Kane showed no signs of moving. She just kept her gaze on the boy. What is going on here? Margrave said he was a late bloomer, but didn't say anything about being an elemental, or that he could use two elements at once. Sunspot? Ardali turned to face the woman. What's going on? It's his ability, Stacy replied. But he never falls down, nor does it last this long. Before Ardali could ask anything else, Stephen and Thomas began to stir. Stephen rose first, staring at Thomas with a sort of wonder and fear. Stephen? Stacy said softly. What's wrong? Stephen staggered to his feet, eyes still locked on Thomas. Facsimile. Stephen replied. A late bloom facsimile. We need to leave now. Ardali's powers faltered for a minute as she realized what was going on. She turned around, sprinting away from Thomas while trying to draw on the power of a quickly waning storm. She heard a shout from behind her, then a loud boom. She turned around to see a wall of energy engulf the forest and slam into her. Thomas's vision cleared, and he started looking around. He saw a black mist slowly rising from the barren ground at his feet. He stood, a strange feeling filling his bones. The feeling in his chest returned, but different. You should be frozen. A voice spoke from behind him. Or at the very least, slowed. Thomas turned around to see three people standing in a spot of green amongst the black. The man in the center took a step forward, straightening his collar. We know for a fact your powers aren't based in tachyons, so this is interesting. Thomas stared at the trio. Confused, he asked them, Who are you? The man in the center smiled. My name is Margrave, and we need to talk. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of the Wardcliffe Academy. I am Landon once again, and I really hope you enjoyed this. We worked really, really hard on getting this together for you guys. If you guys want to have updates for the upcoming episode, episode 2, which releases November 7th, feel free to follow us on our Instagram, at WardcliffeLive, or on our Twitter, at WardcliffeLive. As far as our wonderful cast, Stacy Kane was played by Kimberly Powers, Stephen Kane was played by Tyler Scrove, our Dolly was played by Isabel Leonard, Margrave was played by Colin Hodgins, narrator was Evan, and Thomas was Remy. The rights to all the music used in this project belong to their respective owners, and we do appreciate them for the, uh, the pleasure of using it in our, our, uh, our project here. Uh, once more, if you want to go ahead and follow us over on our socials, that is at Live on both Instagram and Twitter. You'll receive updates and notifications on the upcoming episodes and little behind-the-scenes things that we're going to do. I really do appreciate you guys tuning into this whole thing, and I hope you enjoyed it.